The mountains are calling. Let's escape the noise. This is episode 28 of the Just Trek podcast. Welcome to the Just Trek podcast, where elevation is our recreation. This is your host, Justin Just Rock Ramon, coming to you from Los Angeles. On this show, you will hear stories and adventures from inspirational hikers, explorers, weekend warriors, to even creatives in the LA community and beyond. Join the Just Trek crew on our journey to True North. We aim to inspire, motivate, and elevate you to a higher state of well being. You can follow us on Instagram at just.trek. Facebook.com slash Just Trek Official and our website JustTrek.net. Just Trek crew, what it do? This is your host, Just Rock, and on this episode, my special guest goes by the name Conley Harris a.k.a. Harris Hikers on Instagram and TikTok. She is a Southern California-based trekker, college athlete, content creator, and outdoor adventurer. On today's episode, we talk about the moment Conley knew she would be hiking for the rest of her life, her top three favorite hikes in SoCal, tips for long day hikes, advice for newbie hikers, how one of her videos went viral, body positivity, being a college student and athlete during the pandemic, Stories on the trails, Hawaii adventures, tackling the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks Challenge, and how hiking is the new form of travel. Conley's passion for hiking and adventure as a college student is a true inspiration to her fellow peers and the outdoor community. Here's a conversation I hope you enjoy. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to let you know that the Just Trek merch store is officially live right now. If you would like to support my podcast journey and represent Just Trek on your adventures, please make sure to check out justtrek.net slash shop. That is J-U-S-T-T-R-E-K dot N-E-T slash shop. We currently have new merch available for purchase. I appreciate you all so much. And now let's get back to the show. What is going on, everyone? Super stoked for today's guest. We are trekking with Harris Hikers on the show today. Welcome to the podcast, Conley Harris. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I first discovered you a few months ago from your How to Use Hiking Pulse Instagram video. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it That's was a epic. common one. <laughs> and I just thought it was a clever and entertaining piece of content that had me dying of laughter, especially when you were taking the poles and smashing them on the ground. <laughs> no, and totally. Ever, yeah. Yeah. And just like ever since that, I've been following your page and I knew that I wanted you on the show as a future guest. And now we're here making it happen. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah, that video was, so what happened was I just keep, I'm in a dorm room, I'm a college student. And so I um, just keep my trekking poles like hanging on the wall. And I like ended up using them for so many different random reasons around my room. And it was honestly quite hilarious. So I decided to make a random video about it. of like using like just talking about many different ways I've like randomly used trekking poles the last like couple weeks. And I got a lot of people thought it was really funny. 
Yeah, that was great because I'm a hiking pole advocate because I feel like a lot of times like hikers, they're like, yo, I don't need to use hiking poles or I don't need that or that's only for mm. like wussies. But like with that piece that you did, you presented it in such a playful way. And it was just like, <laughs> I was just like, this is brilliant. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was definitely inspiration from being a college student for sure. All right. So you're a college student and a college athlete, from my understanding, right? Yes. And also, obviously, a very, very avid hiker. How in the world do you even make time for hiking? <laughs> That's a great question. My schedule is very busy. Um, so for I play beach volleyball. And um, so that my schedule is pretty intensive. I have weights and practice every day. I practice at um, six in the morning. Then I have weights right after and then so like getting like five days a week of like intensive activity and then it's like wait on the weekends I'm like wanting to go backpacking or like go on day hikes and so it's like constantly like trying to like make time to do both but like it's I love it so much like I, I love my sport and I love hiking and so it, it I mean it's so funny because I don't really find many other college students especially not other college athletes that hike that often and so it's, it's a struggle to like man to time, like time management to balance my schedule, but totally worth it. I love what I do. Yeah. I feel like when it's something that you just are very passionate about, you're going to make the time for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For sure. You actually, you actually touched upon something that I want to um, acknowledge real quick before we dive into a bunch of topics with you and that it's, I just find it so rad and not too common, just like what you said that a college student such as yourself is this advocate for hiking and exploring the outdoors. I feel like most college students are just really into partying, you know, their social media and, you know, just doing a bunch of random things to help find their identity mm -hmm. or just floating around. Right. But it seems like you really found your thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a big struggle because like a lot of college students, like they don't really, they don't really know themselves yet or like um, they don't really know, they don't know how to have fun and like, they just don't know what their definition of fun is. And so like, I feel like from an early age, I kind of found my, like what I love to do and what my definition of fun is. And so it, it really does, um, like just make life so much more enjoyable, like knowing what I love to do and then like pursuing that. That's so great. Why don't you let the people know where you're from originally and where you're at? Yeah. So, um, I am from Southern California, Orange County. And I am currently at, um, in Southern California, Orange County. So I'm still here. I go to school in uh, Newport Beach. And, but my freshman year of college, I actually went to school in Houston, Texas, which was a terrible, terrible, terrible decision with how much I love the outdoors. Houston's just a big city and it wasn't for me. And so I'm, thankfully, I'm back here. Yeah, it's so humid out there. And I've never been there personally. I've only been to Austin, but I remember how hot Texas was. And, yeah, there's no like mountain peaks. It's super flat terrain, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, probably a terrible decision on my part, not really thinking there. I mean, I got a really great scholarship to play Division One beach volleyball there. And so it was like hard not to take it. Um, but I, I, I did take it because I wanted like, to do something new, go a different direction. But then I realized like just being there, I was like, wait, no, like my, I, I am called in like a different direction and I need to pursue the things I love, especially when I'm young and like in this time of life. So I decided to come back to California. Welcome back to SoCal. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's interesting because right now what's happening in California and SoCal, right? There's so many like, I've seen so many YouTube thumbnails and content of just people, the great exodus of Californians moving to Texas, right? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. of 
you know, because of uh, how California has been managing the coronavirus pandemic. And it's just interesting that you came back from Texas while people are flooding to go. <laughs> They're trying to get over there instead. Oh, totally. I mean, like, yeah, you know, Texas might be different and it might be more towards your liking of how they handle coronavirus, but really, are you willing to sacrifice very little outdoor space activity? I mean, just like what you, what you get, you, what you receive, you don't get in the other area. So it's like, you have to make a sacrifice one way or the other. Yeah, true, true. And also I feel that yes, you know, California has been pretty strict for the most part, but where else would you want to be during a global pandemic? Like Southern California is where it's at because of our access to the mountains and the beach and just um, obviously the weather. But I think a lot of people keep forgetting that because of the weather all year round, we're able to do all these activities all year round, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I couldn't even, I, I was complaining the other day because it was like 50 degrees. And I'm like, people are 50 like, degrees. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was freezing. I'm like, this is like too much. I'm like, I'm getting frostbite over here. And I'm thinking like people in Idaho are probably like so mad at me right now. Cause like I'm complaining and they're over there like freezing their butts off and they're not even able to go outside because it's so cold. Yeah. Isn't it wild uh, what's happening in Texas right now? I just had a close friend of mine in my hiking crew that just moved to Austin. And it's like the one thing, the one time he moves out there, they have like this insane like snowstorm where it's negative temperatures and it just looks like absolute insanity. People are just trying to survive. And you know what the funny thing was? He was like, Justin, I'm so grateful for all those uh, big peaks that we did in Southern California because I'm I'm managing fine. You know, like he just feels like from all those suffer fests that he's had on the mountain peaks that he's coping rather well with the weather. Because one time I brought him up to Mount Body during like a blizzard. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel I have a lot of friends in Texas still, and I feel really bad. I just have heard that the situation's terrible over there. So definitely keeping them in our thoughts and prayers for sure. All right, check it out, Conley. 2020 and 2021 has been a roller coaster of a ride. Mm -hmm. Like, how have you been, but more specifically, how have you been adjusting to life during the COVID 19 pandemic? Really curious to know your perspective, especially since you're a college student. Mm. Yeah, so it was very interesting actually how it was all going. Um, so right before all quarantine happened and everything, I was in the dead center of it was about a year ago, so I was in the dead center of volleyball season. And then out of nowhere, season got cut. And then um, which was really, really upsetting because we were planning to go to nationals and this whole thing. Um, but um on the flip side, I was planning on staying in California. But I'm like, okay, it's not that terrible. I can go hiking and do a lot of fun stuff because I literally have no responsibilities anymore, which wasn't true. But that was in my mind. I thought that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, I'll stay in California, do the things I love. But then all of a sudden, they started shutting down trails. And like you couldn't go over here. And there was a lot of limitations on what we could and couldn't do. So I, my sister actually lived in Arizona at that point. And so I went out to Arizona and literally lived there for four months and just hiked every single day. So. Well, the pandemic was definitely like tough emotionally, like when it first started, just because everything that was happening, like I also did have the time of my life, um, just hiking every day, doing a lot of trail running. And uh, it was incredible. That's right. Yeah. Because I remember that when they were closing just even our local parks and trails, and obviously, you know, the bigger places like the mm -hmm. Angeles National Forest, that was a pretty crappy time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I was actually, that's the thing is that like, I, I was like totally wanting to stay in California, but it was like, I literally can't do any of the things I love here. So I'm like, I might as well go somewhere else and explore and see what I can find. Yeah, it's, it's like when, you know, we have so much in Southern California, but our neighbors, you know, Utah, Arizona, they're also outdoor paradises. And that was so rad that you got to explore more of Arizona. I haven't actually done much um, hiking out there at all. My only memory is I did the Grand Canyon when I was like a teenager and I fainted. I woke up in like the family van and <laughs> oh no. That's my only memory of Arizona and the Grand Canyon. But um where where were you exploring or hiking in Arizona? Just out of curiosity. We went honestly we went everywhere. So every weekend we'd like choose somewhere else and we just like I don't know. So like um in like one weekend we like spent like did like five different hikes in Sedona, then we went to Flagstaff, then we did the Superstition Mountains, and then we went to Pine Top. And so we just we really spread out where we went and then we also did part of the Arizona Trail. So it was it was awesome just to see cuz like living in California basically my whole life like I I have been to Arizona many times, but I never really went there like just for hiking. And so like mm-hmm. it was just like basically a 4-month excursion paradise of hiking. And that, and it was it was incredible. I loved it. I'm so jealous. What what about Arizona hiking like really like had you loving it in comparison to like our hikes here in SoCal? Was there anything in particular over there that you were just like, damn, I wish we had that in Southern California? Yeah. So um, obviously I love so many different aspects about Southern California, but like in Arizona, I loved just like you'd go from, I mean, Sedona and Flagstaff aren't that far from each other. And so it's like, you'd go from like so, so desert. And then you like almost like quickly emerge into like a beautiful forest in in Flagstaff. It was like one day we'd literally hike in like 90 degrees in Superstition Mountains. And then literally two hours away the next day, we're hiking in the middle of a forest. And and I love the diversity of just like how it is in Arizona and the terrain there, um, which was really incredible. And I also, one aspect I really like about Arizona hikes is that it's, they're typically very like rocky and like, it's a lot more like bouldering up rocks. It's like the hikes are tend to be very, very steep. Which I mean, obviously, it's extremely tiring, and and I, um, I'm always dead after. But I love like the bouldering, climbing aspect of it. Oh, we got a rock scrambler here. <laughs> Definitely, I'm too competitive. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things too. I love scrambling, but I will say that if you have to down scramble, that's where I get like sketched out a lot because oh, absolutely. If you can scramble up, it's a completely different experience uh, scrambling down. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I've had some sketchy instances just like, because when you're hiking up, like, yeah, you're tired, but like, you don't realize how just steep it is until you're coming down. And then you're like, oh crap, I climbed up this. I'm having to go down. And one false move, I'm screwed. So it's always super scary to go down when it's that steep and rocky. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's fun to live that adventurous, like rock scrambling, like hiker, uh, kind of like lifestyle, but you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Like I'm a little bit older, so I'm much more risk averse now. Like I look at a lot of like uh, rock scramble sections that I used to do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to live to hike another day. Absolutely. My dad always says risk versus reward, which I tend to not follow anyway, but I always keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, during the quarantine was there anything in particular, you know, besides hiking in the outdoors that you were turning to for a sense of comfort or normalcy, you know, that uh, whether that be going back to an old hobby, developing a new one, maybe like an old family recipe, was there anything in particular for you? 
Um, yeah. So this is very interesting, but I, so I don't really watch very much TV to begin with, but I started, um, watching like a lot of different series on TV, which is like, I became a hobby at that point, but I like really fell in love with a couple different series on Netflix that I really am obsessed with now. Um, one of them being, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the 100 really great series. Um, it's basically about like, it's kind of like a, um, end of the world type of, um, series where like they have to send the world ends and they have to send kids back to make sure Earth's okay to come back to. And it, it's a very interesting, um, show, which oh, I, wow. I really liked. And so that was great to have. And I, and it was also great because it was like a community experience. I'd invite like, it was like my family, my sister, and like some friends we'd have come over and watch it with us. So it came like more of a family thing, which was really fun. Very cool. It's called The 100? The 100, yeah. Yeah, I definitely went down the Netflix rabbit hole. I saw, um, what did I see? I saw, I binged watched The Queen's Gambit, which is about chess. And it became like one of the like most popular shows in Netflix ever. Oh, and wow. Then the Ma- and then The Mandalorian, the mm, Star Wars series. I love series. The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good. This is the way. Yeah, I like that. You know, a lot of the scenes in The Mandalorian, uh, especially uh, the battle scenes, were filmed in parts of Los Angeles and Southern California. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to tell uh, tell you more about it. Like, there's definitely, there was a battle scene where they're behind a bunch of boulders and that exact area is like 30 minutes from where I am. I live in West Los Angeles, like close wow. to Venice Beach. That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that they were like shooting that like literally like so far away. Yeah, exactly. We keep forgetting that um, a lot of these places we explore, they're used for a lot of scenes, you know, in movies or documentaries. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's super rad whenever I discover things like that. Totally. All right. So let's dig deeper into your story right now. And what I want to know is, how did you first get into hiking and the outdoors and after you get into that, would love to know if you can identify a specific moment where you just had this strong realization or epiphany uh, that this hiking thing was going to become a major part of your lifestyle and identity. Yeah. So um, growing up, my dad always took us on many outdoor adventures, hiking, stuff like that. So as a kid, I was like very active in the outdoors. And I'm so thankful for my dad for introducing that to me. Um, but like the specific moment where I knew like I'd be hiking for the rest of my life was I was hiking. So I, we randomly off of a limb decided to hike the Trans Catalina. And for those of you who don't know, Trans Catalina, Catalina Island is an, is just, is an island just off the coast of Orange County. And, um, it's about 60 miles in length. And so, um, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really, um, been backpacking that much at this point. I was just doing like kind of small hikes. I wasn't like that into hiking. Um, I had like other priorities. So like, I wasn't too into it at this point, but, um, we just decided to do it. We, as in me and my sister and a couple of our cousins, and we just jump on the 60 mile trail and, I had the time of my life. I was absolutely wrecked afterwards. We did it in July. And so we, we did it in 95 degrees. Wow. And so it was, it was quite epic, but like, just like walking like on the top of like the mountain overlooking, just like the ocean, just even seeing the mainland. I just knew I'm like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. I like fell in love with it at that moment. And I, that's, I haven't really gone back after that. (laughs) I just kept going. Oh, that's so awesome. And isn't it so interesting when you do an activity that makes you like suffer a lot, like long hikes or 
long through hikes or backpacking, but it's like you find so much happiness within that because you pushed your you pushed yourself and you're just seeing like the beauty around you. Like you just I feel like you become just like your mind opens up in a sense. And I feel like that's what happened with you when you did the Trans Catalina Trail. Oh yeah, totally. Like just being like in like a sense where you're like away from like technology and you're kind of away from the world, just like that almost like gives you a high too. Just like having everything you need on your back and just going and exploring is just almost empowering. And that's what I loved about it. And even like just being, I also like see hiking as like something that I get to do with the people I love. And so it's like, I also got experience as the people by my side that like I can share those memories with. And so that's what makes it so awesome for me. And um, yeah, just from that moment of like, just feeling like tremendous accomplishment and also a lot of pain, like there's so much like joy in the pain. And like, I think I yes. made a, like a Instagram video off of this, but um, it's like, it's so funny. Cause after a hike, like, you just feel so wrecked and so tired that you're like, I don't know if I can ever hike again. And then little do you know that that next morning you're looking up trails in Northern California, or you're looking up trail, like you're just like always like you, something happens and then you might feel pain, but then all you remember is like the good parts. And so you're always looking to do more. Oh, that is so true. After a good supper fest, you're like, I'll never go back to that mountain, <laughs> never go back to that place ever again. And what do we find ourselves doing all the time? The next day or maybe two days later, we're like, yo, when's the next adventure? Where are we going Absolutely. next? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's sure. so cool. How long ago was uh, when you discovered that moment again? Um, I hiked, that was about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago. Really cool. And then how long did it take you again to do that entire Trans-Catalina Trail? It took us three and a half days. Damn, that's why. So you were pumping out like 20 miles a day, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think we averaged like 18 a day. That's wild. Mm -hmm. That's so cool you did that because my only experience of Catalina Island was my senior year in college. I did a spring break cruise. It was like on carnival cruises. And then it stopped at Catalina. And it was just, it was fun. But, you know, I took a golf cart around and everything. But I was like, yeah. yo, it's so gorgeous here. Like, I would love to go back and experience the Trans-Catalina Trail now as an older adult, you know? Yeah. No, totally. Catalina is a beautiful place. And I actually, I've, I grew up going there. And so I think that's what made it even more special is because this is like a place I grew up going. And it's like, oh, wait, like I am literally hiking across the whole island of like where I grew up too. And I mean, it's, a, it's honestly just such a beautiful island to begin with. So it's just gorgeous to walk across. Yeah. It's like, yo, if you're tired of like Southern California, it's because literally the pier is in San Pedro, which is a uh, I want to say 45 minutes south of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And it's like uh, it's like a one to two hour ferry ride, right? That's it? To Yeah, it's about an hour and a half. Hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I need a... Is it open right now, that island? Do you happen to know? I, I, think, so. I think it opened up recently, yeah. Because I know um, one of my friends is wanting to do it. So I'm pretty sure it's opening up or has opened up within the last couple weeks. Very cool, very cool. That's cool that you're able to identify a specific moment. Mm -hmm. uh, mine real quick was, uh, are you familiar with Sandstone Peak in Malibu? I have. Yes, I've done that. Yeah. So it was like my second ever hike out here and it was a sunset hike. And I just will never forget how the sun was hitting all the different mountain faces and like the infinite mountain layers. And I just had that epiphany kind of like what you had on the trail. Mine wasn't, I wasn't suffering on the hike, but it was just like that realization like, yo, like I feel like I'm nowhere near Los Angeles. And 
it was like that strong realization that I want to explore everything that the great LA outdoors had to offer at that time, because I just had no clue at that moment. I had already been in Los Angeles for 13 years and I never had the thought to discover or go to the top of these mountain peaks. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like people in like LA or even people that think about LA just from other States are like, Oh, LA is just a big city. There's not really anything there outside of LA is a desert, but like, there is so many beautiful parts of Los Angeles and just Southern California in general that like so much hiking sandstone. I have sandstone peak is beautiful. I've done that before. And it, it's just incredible. And it is, you do when you go and do those uh, peaks, you feel so far away from anything. It's like hard to believe that you're so close to Los Angeles. Yeah. And for the listeners, if you're not too familiar, sandstone peak is the tallest uh, mountain in the Santa Monica mountains. And it's only probably like an hour up the PCH from, uh, you know, like LAX, I would say. And it's only 1.5 miles up and 1.5 miles down unless you do another route. And it's pretty accessible, but it's a pretty long drive inland. And you can have these kind of experiences in LA. And like, to your point, everyone just thinks of the city. But what I've learned is the longer you live in Southern California or just California in general, the outdoors is where it's at. Absolutely. For sure. That's incredible. Yep. Yeah. Sandstone Peak is, I don't know what route you did. That was 1.5 miles, but the route I did was 20 miles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wait, 20 miles? I swear. Also, yeah, it it was 20 miles. And also we, we, I started get this, this hike I did was an all nighter. I did not sleep so that I could see the sunrise at the top. I got no sunrise. It was cloudy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know. That Isn't is that a terrible? bummer. <laughs> it's okay, though. It was still fun. You got my mind running 20 miles. You definitely probably did the Mishmakwa Trail and like parts of the Boney Mountain Trail. I'm thinking out, mm-hmm. thinking out loud in my head. Because I'm like, how do you even make that 20 miles? Yeah, well, but, I like, um, tried to find the longest route to get up to Sandstone Peak. Got it. Yeah. That, I mean, that whole area, there's a lot of trails that intersect. So I could see how that uh, could maybe yeah, happen. Definitely. So you've done a ton of hiking and adventuring all over Southern California. And what I want to know is, what are your top three favorite hikes in SoCal and why? And it doesn't have to be in any particular order. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to say um, is it's in Palos Verdes, which is in Los Angeles. And um, it's called, I don't know the exact like roots of it because I kind of like do like my own different trail toward it but um it's part of part of it, it's called paintbrush trail and Portuguese bend and I love 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 this hike so much because um what happened was is I was actually like just dude it's like a regular loop trail and so I was just doing it one like it was last year I think I was just doing it with my friend and then we saw like a random like hidden um, trail that went off to the side because we were like, we kind of like we're at the coastal part now. And so we followed the trail all the way down and we ended up at a completely hidden secret beach that none of us had ever been to before. It was, it was incredible. And like, it was like a beautiful October evening too. And it was black sand and it it was at perfectly at sunset and it was just, it, it was incredible. And so like, and it's so crazy because like I, I'll do the hike now and there'll be no one at that beach. And so it's, it, it really was great. And I love to go, I love to, to keep doing it. I mean, I've done it multiple times now, but I really like it. It's something crazy. I think it's like, like seven or eight miles and none of the elevation gain isn't too hard, but I mean, it, it just, it blows my mind every single time I do it. What a great choice. No one has said that on the podcast yet. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And also like the, the beach is not even part of the trail. It's like, uh, you have to take like a, a different turn. And so like, I don't even, I need to like mark mm -hmm. it and show people, but yeah, it's great. I think I know exactly what route you took. Cause I, my first time there, um, there's like these random like use trails that you can access these like secluded beaches and it's just unbelievably beautiful down there. And it's not mm -hmm. too far from Los Angeles. Um, I know you've, I saw from your Instagram, you've been to Big Sur and would you consider it a mini Big Sur? I've heard that from a lot of people. It kind of has that a vibe of like the views of the beach and the majestic coast. Like, would you say it's like a mini Big Sur in a sense? Oh, for sure. That's actually a great way to, to think about it is like a mini Big Sur. Yeah, um, definitely. Like, I think um, when people think of California, they think of like Santa Monica or like um, Huntington Beach or stuff like that. But like literally like the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful parts is Palos Verdes. And it is like a little hidden gem of Southern California. Yeah, Palos Verdes is absolutely gorgeous. It's been a while since I've been back. Mm -hmm. And now you're inspiring me to go back to that secluded like black sand beach. Um, oh, yeah. Blanking. I think there's a name for that, the cove or the that actual area. But um, we'll just keep it between ourselves. We don't want <laughs> everyone exactly. flooding it, right? Oh, I know the name of it. I was just <laughs> keeping it on the DL. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep uh, the gems to ourselves so they don't get uh, too flooded, right? But absolutely, if you do enough research on all trails or just Googling around, I'm sure you all, all the listeners will <laughs> figure mm -hmm. out what we're referencing. Um, that's sure. great. So what's the second and third one for you? Um, so I don't know what my deal is with all-nighters. For some reason, I always pull all-nighters on the trail. Uh, just happens. But um, actually, this past September, I went to Kings Canyon for the first time because I'd never been to Kings Canyon. And uh, we drove up there and we did something called uh, Sawtooth Peak. And I think it was called um, Mineral King. And so, and it, so it was like we did two trails in one day. So like, it, I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. I was blown, blown away by just Kings Canyon in general. The weather was fantastic. Um, and I was just like, it's so funny because like you pass by like Bakersfield and like some really like deserty parts of California to get there. And then all of a sudden you emerge to the Sequoias and then you come into Kings Canyon and it's just vast and beautiful. And, and where we were hiking, you can even had a view of Whitney, which was amazing. Um, and I just really liked those trails because um, there was one particular part I love when you when I like ridgeline over like the side of the mountain. It's one of my favorite things on a trail. And so oh, we yes. just had a view mm -hmm. of like a huge valley with tall, tall pine trees, beautiful green grass. And then we actually emerged through like a um, like a mining cave that we could like go in and then emerge out of and then see the whole valley. It was incredible. What an adventurous hike that sounds like. Oh, yeah. No, it was amazing. So it was Kings Canyon, but specifically you said Sawtooth Peak. And what was the other one again? Mineral King. For the people not familiar, where exactly is like King, Kings Canyon? It's like Central California, right? Yeah, Kings Canyon's like Central California. It's um, I think the most the southernmost part of the Sierras in California. It's right past the Sequoias, which is like Centralish California. Yeah, that area. Um, there's so many national parks there, and that's so cool that you saw Mount Whitney in the distance. Like that is just so epic. Totally. No, it, it was beautiful. Actually, um, this was kind of, I think everyone has heard of those wildflowers that happened back in September. So actually when we were walking down the mountain, it got like super, super smoky and, um, like we, there was ash falling from the sky. So we almost had to like, kind of like run down because we didn't really know what was going on and it was so smoky. 
And then we ended up after we left because it was like kind of like just like a full like one and a half day excursion. When we got back, we found out that like 200 people had to get evacuated that day we were hiking. So it was kind of a miracle that that we made it out. But yeah. You're like, what's going on? It's like the end of the world. You're trying to escape the mountain. I know. The amount of times I've had to run down a mountain from like something like weather or like ash, like it's kind of incredible. <laughs> like I'm always running down the mountain for some reason. They're like, what's going on up there? Like, why is she running? Is there a bear, a mountain lion or something? <laughs> and then you probably scare all the hikers. They're probably running back down too after you. So true. Have you seen that insane mountain lion video? Yes. The the one where it's like, it kind of like teases attacking the yeah. hiker. Mm-hmm. Totally. That video, that video, well, I'm always already like so incredibly paranoid of mountain lions. And then just to see that video, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, that's why I don't hike alone. That's why I carry self defense with me. I'm like, goodness, it's so scary. Yeah, that video went super duper viral. Oh, yeah. I actually followed that guy on Instagram before that thing came out. And he had probably like, 150 followers on Instagram and then like after that video came out I like looked like on his Instagram and he was at like 30k followers I'm like oh my gosh wow <laughs> it was insane yeah, all those uh all those viral moments just make you into a uh influencer or social media uh superstar so true and then people like launch careers out of it or like start making like you know money and doing like brand deals it's really interesting for sure oh yeah and what is your third one? Um. Oh, wow. That, this is so hard. There's so many great places. Yeah, t- take a um, moment. I know you've done so many hikes. So take a moment if you need to kind of choose it in your choose it in your mind. Hmm. I'm going to say, I know this is a classic. I know everyone says this, but I really like... Mount Baldy, Devil's Backbone. Yes. Just, just LA a, all day. Just a beautiful. Oh wait, I don't know. Okay, I'm have a tie. I really like Mount Wilson too. Oh, Mount Wilson in the Mount Angeles Wilson. National Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mount Wilson, Na- Angeles National Forest, and I think that's gonna be my my tie. I, I can't decide between those two, but I really like um, Mount Baldy, Devil's Backbone in particular. Just like. Because, like, the last times I've done it, I've done it at sunrise, and it's just been golden, like, so gorgeous. And, like, the weather's actually, the last couple times I've done it, the weather's been great, too. So, I really I really like um, Devil's Backbone, and then I also, Wilson. Wilson's a gnarly hike. Have you done Wilson? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of elevation gain, and it's just yeah. beautiful, that forest that you get to trek through in the beginning. Oh, yeah, I know, for sure. I mean, it, it's beautiful, and even at the peak, you can see so much. I, I really like Wilson as well. Yeah, what do you think of the actual peak of Mount Wilson? I mean, so I think it's like the one thing that's hard is that like it's very um, like because there's a road that goes up there, right? So I've like seen like what's kind of annoying is that you make this like really tough trek up to the top, and like I mean the views all the way going up are gorgeous, and then you make it to the top and it's like there's like a lot of people there, which is like I mean there's nothing wrong with having a lot of people there, but it's kind of like. You want like to enjoy like the the nature esque part of the hike, at the, especially at the peak. When then there's like a there's like a lot of people at the top. I think there's even like a small store, which isn't necessarily bad. But I think I'd prefer to have it as um, just like just being a peak and and just for like hikers to enjoy. That's me personally, though. Yeah, the reason I asked that question is 
Mount Wilson, the actual summit, is not your typical summit, right? It's like this huge yeah. complex. There's a a big telescope and observatories. Uh-huh. There's little museums where you can check out if you're really into space and astronomy. And there's a place there called the Cosmic Cafe. Because I feel like people get to the top and they're like, oh, like this isn't like a, a normal peak or what I thought. But mm-hmm. if you just kind of like give it a chance, you know, I think it's actually a pretty awesome summit. If it, when, when it was opened, obviously right now, a lot of those mm-hmm. places are closed. So you can't really explore the mini museums and whatnot. But um, you know what's wild? It's that Mount Wilson was almost completely consumed by the wildfire and they barely saved Mount Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's I'm 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 so glad they did. Like, I mean, it would have been it would have been really, really tough if they um that would have born burned down just because it's it's near and dear to so many people's heart too, because like I know a lot of my friends that like Mount Wilson was like kind of like their first like time when they like got into hiking was hiking Mount Wilson. And so, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it, it got saved, but I'm also sad that it's still closed. Yeah. Cause so I haven't been back even in that general area, but what I think is so spectacular about that trail is the, is when you're trekking up, I'm assuming you went through the forests, right? Like winter Creek or Sturtevant falls along that area. Yes. Yes. Like that, that forest is, it's a real forest and it's stunning and it's vibrant and lush. And there's actually a waterfall there off to the side. And I don't know, has, is that, do you know if that area is completely burned by any chance? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with, I haven't been back since the fire, so I have no idea. Oh Um, man, that'd be so depressing. Yeah, I I really hope it wasn't, but I I am concerned of why it's still closed. I know there's a, there's a few in the six pack of peaks that are still closed. Yeah, and just to backtrack, um, why why was it a favorite of yours again? Mount Wilson. Mount Wilson. Yeah, I'd say the view, just the views going up. Um, when I think we, I did it in January of last year, and what I loved is that it was actually really really foggy when I started it, and it was kind of like in the woods and like the forest. So, and I but I merged up. It was like there was like a moment where the fog stopped. So it wasn't like it like mm. kind of faded away. Like there was a moment. So it's like literally I was like, um, you emerged from the fog and just saw like beautiful, sunny blue skies and then Mount Wilson, and like just view- great views all the way up from there. And so like, that's like one thing that really stood out from- out to me about that hike. Yeah. And it's also not too far from the city. So you mm-hmm. get the city views and you don't have to go too far away from Los Angeles. Yeah. I miss, yeah. I miss that area a lot. It's been a while since, uh, I've been back up there. I was definitely monitoring it closely when the fires were happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to throw this fact out there for the Just Trek listeners. So there's the Mount Wilson Observatory at the summit. And that is the that was the inside of that observatory, it has um the Hooker telescope, which took the most detailed photos of Mars. So it was like definitely a very famous like telescope and observatory during the 20th century. And that's my random fact of the day. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's solid. <laughs> yeah. So if you're really into astronomy and space and just love to nerd out about that, the um, the Mount Wilson Observatory and that summit is great. And also the Griffith Observatory, which is currently open and has that beautiful, large, uh, green, expansive lawn. So on a lot of these treks you've done, I'm sure you've learned quite a lot uh, can you provide the Just Trek listeners with tips and advice that have greatly helped you out personally for long day hikes? And what I mean by long day hikes are something like a Mount Baldy, a Cucamonga Peak, hikes that are like seven plus miles, 10 plus miles, and you don't have like tons of elevation gain. 
like mm-hmm. anywhere from like 3,000 to 4,000 feet of elevation gain. Like what are t- some tips and advice that uh, you can get for long day hikes? Yeah. So um, one thing that I've learned from personal experience is that always plan for it being longer than you think it is. Especially if you're using all trails, you can easily add two miles to all trails every single time you use it. That's kind of a basic rule of thumb. I I use, I always end up going, I'm also like, I always end up going the wrong way at least once. Half the the time I'm adding five miles to my trails because of how many times I take the wrong direction. Um, (laughs) That's all these, all all these all nighters happen, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. That's why I leave so early for these hikes is that I literally can't even finish them in time. Um, But another thing I'd say is that um, hiking is something that you need to enjoy and go at your own pace at. I think that so many people, they feel like that they need to go on the trail and compete with like the other hikers, like the trail runners or like do it in like certain type of way. And like, honestly, at the end of the day, hiking is you do it for yourself and like you do it for community and like make sure that you're going up at your own pace. I mean, like, yeah, it's good to push yourself, but like at the same time, like don't overdo it, especially if it is a hike that it may not have service or a hike that's kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's no need to push it farther than you need to. Um, another thing I'd say is that, um, turning back, I, I, that's a, this is a hard one for me cause I hate, I hate it, but turning back is often what you need to do. Um, I think that, I think it's, it's always, always ideal to make it to the peak and be like, Oh yeah, I did it. But like, if there's something sketchy, it is not worth it to keep going, turn back, do the hike another time. Cause it's not your life or like your safety is never worth getting to the peak. That's another thing I've learned. Um, I'd Thank say you some- so much for bringing yeah. that up real quick because what you're talking about is summit fever mm. and also that the mountain will always be there and a lot of people struggle with having summit fever. And for people not too familiar with that term, it's when you have summit fever, basically you're so obsessed with bagging that peak or making it to the top of that mountain that you ignore a lot of things whether it's, uh, you know, that you're reaching like the danger threshold, whether it's complete exhaustion, you mm-hmm. don't have enough water or you just, you don't feel good, but you're like, I have to get to the top. I need to get that photo or right. else I can't, you know, or else you feel like a failure when that's not the case at all. Like summit fever is such an important topic. I love talking about on the podcast. Totally. Actually. Yeah. On my birthday this past December, I um, did, I tried, I attempted to do Marion Mountain, um, San Jacinto. And yes. we made it about, we're about a mile from the top. And I, I kid you not, I was like in so much pain. Like I felt like the gloves I packed. So um, we, I hiked it when it was like about 25 degrees, but because there was so windy that like the wind made it around like 14 degrees. And it was just absolutely gnarly. And my hands were, I have like something in my hands called Raynaud's disease. And so it's where I don't really get good circulation flow to my hands. Um, and so I, I, my hands were in a lot of pain and I like literally like this, I was literally about to cry. Like I I was in so much pain. And so I was like, like, this isn't worth it. Like I need to like turn back. Like my hands, my face was turning purple, like the whole thing. Like I didn't, my gloves weren't thick enough. So I decided on my birthday, I'm like, I got to turn back. And so like, I kind of like, even that moment, I felt like growth. Cause I feel like that even like just two years ago, I probably wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, keep pushing, like who cares? But actually like. It does matter and it's better safe than sorry. Yeah. You know, it's always amazing to push for the peak, but the mountain's always going to be there. And I feel like it's those crucial moments where if you don't decide to turn back, your day will completely flip upside down, right? Mm-hmm. And much a major props to you for recognizing that because, you know, when you're a mile from the summit, 
it's just so like afterwards you feel like demoralized, right? Like it's happened mm-hmm. to me twice. I was uh so I did San Gorgonia, I was a mile from the summit, had to turn around because a crazy thundered lightning storm happened. I did another hike called Iron Mountain, which is considered like uh, the hardest day hike in like Southern California because of yeah. elevation gain mm-hmm. and how steep it is. My first attempt, a mile from the summit, I was like, we started way too late. It was too hot. And I was just so crushed. But you know, a lot of those times that last mile to the summit, it's not your normal mile, right? It's usually the toughest mile of yeah. most hikes or the entire hike because you're pushing for that peak and there's tons of elevation gain. Mm-hmm. So that's really it's really smart of you, especially considering your condition that you turned around because if you go up a mile, that means you have to come down a mile. And that's a lot of time that can happen in between. Exactly. No, for sure. That is, that's very true. And like, I mean, even like, just like with like water too, like, um, there's been, when I first started hiking, like I was so stupid. I packed like, it was like a seven mile hike and I only packed like one and a half liters of water, but it was not nearly enough. I ended up getting lost. And it basically like, like I, my sister almost passed out and it was like this whole thing. We barely made it back. And honestly, just like how scary those moments are, it isn't worth it. It, it really isn't just to like, if you feel like you're, like you're running low on water and, and it's hot and you know, you have a while left turn back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to water, like how do you kind of gauge how much water to bring on the trail? Do you have like a certain formula or like methodology or or way to kind of go about that? Like if you're like, oh, this hike is like five miles or 10 miles, I should bring around around this much. Like, is there any formula that you have? Right. So um, t- typically, I, I have a problem because I do not drink nearly enough water. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> but my two and a half liter um, like um, camelback or like my um, water bladder, I on a 20 mile hike, one time I finished, I had only drinking one liter of it. Which hold is, on, so hold I don't- Hold on, hold on. 20 mile hike, you drank one liter, one liter of water on the yep. entire. Yeah. Oh That's my like, God. this is like a common thing for me. I don't drink water. I'm working on it. Okay. But besides the point, I like always, I just in case of emergencies, I always packed, pack more than I think. Cause like, and there's always gonna be that one hike that gets way hotter than you think it's going to be. And you actually need it. Um, but I'd say typically like for, um, five, si- five or six miles and less, I use my trail running pack to hike. Because I mean, usually if it's like five or six miles, I'll run parts of it, and I and that's like you, that's like a, a liter and a half. Okay. Anything more than that, I am packing my big backpack. I'm taking my survival kit. I'm taking two and a half liters of water, if not more. I mean, if if I know that the trail is going to be twenty miles, typically I'll bring the two point five liter water bladder and then an extra liter, just in case. You definitely have a superpower not <laughs> drinking that much water on those long day hikes. It's bad. And also, I put liquid IV in it. That kind of helps. Do you know what liquid IV is? It's like electrolyte powder that helps hydrate yourself. That's oh, something I, I have, use. Yeah. yeah, it's something I use in my my water bladder that helps a lot. But it doesn't change the fact that I need to drink more water. Like, it's really, it's quite bad. I absolutely love liquid IV. I actually went to school with the, the founder of it, Brandon Cohen. Wow, that's awesome. We were both in the uh, entrepreneurship program. And I remember when it was just... I remember when liquid IV the marketing of it was for like hangovers and as a college student, right? That's funny. Yeah. And now liquid IV is this huge, like lifestyle, like hydration brand. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of him. Like, um, I went to, I went back, I went to LMU. That's where nice. we're both from yeah. Loyola Marymount. And he came back as a speaker 
And he's like the youngest speaker ever to be brought back for like the entrepreneurship program because I think he was like 31. And I was like, dude, this guy's crushing it right now. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, I love Liquid IV. It's it's really great. It helps with it helps definitely helps with um, hydration on the trail too. Yeah, I love using it, especially if it's like a really long day hike. Like I'll I'll mix it up in my water. I'll drink it uh, right before the hike so that I'm already like prehydrated. Mm, yeah. Instead of trying to play catch up to uh, my uh, to drinking water along the trail. Totally. And also that it's really valuable, especially when you're in like, you're doing a 14er or like you're doing like hikes in high altitude, like, cause I mean, you can get like serious altitude sickness. And so that's where my, my bad drinking habits come into play. I really need that at that point. True. True. Thanks for sharing all those tips for long day hikes. Absolutely. Um, what are also some tips and advice for like newbie hikers, you know, people that might be aspiring to be on the trails or I've just done a few hikes, you know, just a few easy ones. Like, do you have any tips and advice for those kind of people? Yeah, I'd say, honestly, the first step is to just plan a hike for the weekend. If you have a free Saturday, have a free Sunday, text a friend, ask for a good recommendation um, for a trail, hike it and see how you like it. I think the first the first step is just getting out and doing and go and make an effort to go do it. Um, cause I know a lot of people say like, oh, I want to get into hiking. I want to do this. But like, they're not really taking like the steps to go do that. Um, another tip that I would, I, that I always give to any new beginner hikers is download the app, all trails. They give you really basic trails. They will tell you, and they can give you also like really hard ones, but like, it's like a very wide range and they'll tell you how hard it is, the elevation gain, what the map looks like, how to get there. And I think that's just super helpful for like beginner hikers, just have all that information in front of them and to be like, sure of like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, you heard that, everybody. If you don't know what All Trails is, just download it. It's like Yelp for finding awesome hikes, and you mm-hmm. can read the reviews. You can see photos. I think what's really useful too is like you can re- you can read reviews from hikers that recently did the trail, mm-hmm. so you can see current conditions, especially if there was like a storm or if it rained a lot. And yeah, I I'm a big All Trails advocate as well. I have the mm-hmm. pro version. That's one of the main reasons I feel I yeah. don't I don't get yeah. lost in all the big day hikes, right? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah, actually, I every every trail I've done, I've I've written a review on. So, or ninety percent of the trails I've done. So, if you see my, you might see my review on there. Harris hikers. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, need, I was uh, I was writing a lot of reviews on there, and I think I scared a lot of people with my review of uh, Iron Mountain. <laughs> I've written some funny stuff. I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, literally, don't like, don't do this hike. Like, it literally was like I was on my deathbed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta. You got to let people know this is some serious like hiking that you're about to get yourself into because there's nothing worse than being on a long, strenuous day hike and being underprepared. But uh, yeah, all trails is such a great tool. I know a lot of people also use like Gaia GPS. I haven't really used um, that app. I haven't really used that too much. But yeah, definitely download all trails. Uh, I noticed that you you did some content on all trails like with your how to like videos. So I thought that was really rad that you were an advocate for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Nice. Yeah, I feel like I think all trails is also very helpful because it shows you the different levels of the hike, right? Because totally. I think also for a beginner, it's important to choose a trail that matches your fitness level, correct? Mm-hmm. Because totally. if you don't choose a trail that matches your fitness level, you're going to have like negative thoughts towards hiking, mm. especially if you did a big day hike or you didn't know what you're getting yourself into and you're like, you know what? Screw this hiking thing. I felt miserable. I don't want to do this anymore. 
because I definitely had a moment like that where um are you familiar with the Culver City stairs? No, I'm not. I've never heard of that. It's like the it's like the outdoor stairmaster. It's only like okay. 282 steps. Oh nice. And it's very short, but it's very strenuous. And wow. I made the mistake of bringing a friend on that hike, even though it's very short, right? It's like one of those urban fitness hikes. Yeah. It was definitely not to his fitness level. And I think it like turned him off to hiking. And that was a really totally. key learning moment because mm-hmm. I was like, I made a mistake in um not matching the the level of the hike to you know his fitness level. So that was a big learning moment for me. So yeah, everybody, like if you're just getting into it, choose a hike that's <laughs> up to your fitness level so you don't like scar yourself no totally and that's like that is a good thing about all trails that it's uh, it's hard uh, moderate or easy and like those three cat i mean it, it does help to have those three categories um and also a lot of the times like it even it isn't even fitness level it's like hiking experience too because sometimes i'll take really fit people but they just don't have that hiking experience and like they don't really know how to like pace themselves on a trail or like what muscles to engage and so it's like they will even struggle on some of the moderate hikes. And so like, I also find it helpful to look at the elevation gain too. If you're going to be yes. using all trails, that's also very helpful. If you're a beginner out there, I'd say doing a hike under 1500 elevation gain is where you should start. I like how you got very specific about that because a lot of people don't understand those, those numbers and those stats, mm-hmm. right? Elevation gain. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. Um, yeah, because when you start doing elevation gain, that's like, 3,000, 4,000, that's some serious, serious trekking. And you're burning yeah. like 3,000, 4,000 calories, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is because it's like, we, I mean, I hike often and I'll be struggling, grinding up a mountain that's 4,500 elevation gain. And so it's like when like someone's like, oh, I want to like, it's hard, but I'm like fit. It's like not even like really matter if you're fit or not. It's like if you have like hiking, trekking experience. So. Yes. You brought up something that I found was uh, interesting. Like very fit people are like, you know, let's say gym rats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot, I feel a lot of my gym rat friends, they'll come with me on these big day hikes and they're like, oh, I got this. You know, like, <laughs> like yes, they're very fit, but they got like a big head, right? Yes. And then I bring them on these big day hikes and they're literally suffering and dying. And I'm almost like, I'm enjoying it because I'm like, yo, man, like this is a different kind of exercise. Like, totally. yes, you're very fit. But to hike and do constant elevation gain and climb, it just engages different kinds of muscles in your body. And it's not about necessarily how fit you are. It's about the act of just hiking and getting into it. So I feel like hiking humbles a lot of like really hardcore gym rats. And I enjoy them suffering. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And it's so funny because like people will be like, oh, cool. Like you have an Instagram page. Like that's awesome. Like I, I, I love like. I, I know they don't hike, but like, or then they'll be like, oh, I love like hiking. Like I just like, well, I walked around my neighborhood the other day and I'm like, I'm like sick. <laughs> cool. I'm like, it's, I do something. It's a little different, but I respect that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like very interesting. Um, but yeah, it, people, I think that, I think that there's like a stigmatism sometimes that hiking is like a nature walk. And I think that just like, even like people like kind of understanding, oh wait, like hiking's like a literal sport and it's actually an extreme sport I'd even say because because of like how intense how the intensity of it and like even how many calories you're burning like freaking I'm so hungry after a hike like <laughs> I'm ready to eat a whole pizza I'm like burn so many calories yeah like people hiking can be obviously I like nature strolls and 
walks and whatnot. Yes. But yeah. yeah, when you get into those long day hikes, they are so like epic and strenuous. And you're right. Like every time after a big day hike, I find myself eating like everything under the sun for the next like two to three days, like a whole pizza, a bunch of tacos, like a hot dog, like all the bad stuff. But it's just like, yo, I burned like 5,000 calories. I'm good. No, that is so true. Like I always, so one thing I always eat before I start any try, I always have a bagel. Always. I always get a big bagel, like a bunch of cream cheese. Like I'm, and I'm, and I'm never like, I know like a lot of people like they like use hiking to lose weight, which is like fine. That's their thing. But like, for me, like I am, like I'm, like for me, like just to even get up the mountain is like a grind. So I need to like, make sure I'm feeling feeling my body enough to get up there. But you're right about the post hiking appetite. Like the next day after a hike, I just find myself just like trying to eat like everything. Oh yeah, just I feel like your metabolism right after a big day hike, it just increases exponentially. So you're just constantly like. I'll never forget, like, you eat a whole pizza and you're like, okay, what's next? And people are looking at you like, is there something wrong with you? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Totally. I have, like, this crazy memory of I was – this past summer I was in um, the San Isabel Mountains in Colorado. And we we had hiked a 14er. And it was 20 miles. And we go to this restaurant after, right? And I'm like – we or I literally, kid you not, ordered three meals. (laughs) This lady is like – so confused like no way does this girl eat this all eat eat all this and I was with like my three other friends and they ordered like multiple meals too and the waitress comes back literally shook that we finished everything I'm like I and we literally went and got like a huge toe of ice cream after that and ate it sounds about right to me (laughs) yep (laughs) that's so yeah the post hike meals can be very epic and it's uh its own event in a sense right for sure um as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I first discovered you right through your Instagram Reel videos, mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of them. And I want to highlight a specific video of yours that had a really powerful message. And what I'm referencing is your fitness is not a six-pack Instagram video. And two things in regards to that. One, could you briefly explain the video for the listeners who may not be familiar? And then two... Why do you think that video went viral? Because it went viral. I saw uh, you announced that not too long ago. It was like, it got over a million views, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So like, why did it go viral? And there was definitely like an important underlying message in regards to that. But first, like explain the video to people who may not be familiar. Yeah. So um, basically the video was me encouraging people saying that fitness is not uh, fitness is not linked to having a six pack. Cause I feel like so many times that in today's society and media, like people see, Oh, they have a six pack. They must be fit. Oh, they don't have a six pack. They must not be fit. And I think I was just like trying to explain to people like, Hey, like I hike and I do like all this stuff. And like, um, and even like just I'm active and like I'm a college athlete, but, and I lifted up my shirt and I was like, Hey, I don't have a six pack. So like, if you're feeling bad about yourself for not having a six pack, like I'm like, wanting to like explain that like you're not it doesn't mean you're not fit if you don't have a six pack and I think like and I it, 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 I honestly was so shocked how much it spread and I think I'm at like 1.2 million views right now on that and I mean I mean it honestly just like in, inspired that people really related to it uh, that much and I'm really happy that it made that much of an impact yeah because 
hikers come in all shapes and sizes, right? And mm, we all get caught totally. up, especially in social media land nowadays, of putting up that really nice looking photo of yourself, especially if you're an active or fit person. I feel like a lot of people's uh I feel a lot of people's like happiness is sometimes like really connected to that image, right? Totally. Yeah. And like, that's the thing sometimes too, is I feel like that people are discouraged to do different athletic activities or hiking or backpacking because they feel like, oh, I'm not fit enough or I don't have the right shape when really like that, like that should never be like the thing that prevents you from going out and doing what you love at the end of the day. Yes. And what you're alluding to is body positivity. Yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. No, I think like body positivity has been something that like I've always bought into and I've always supported, but like I've never really thought of like putting that on like my hiking page, but just like seeing like how much like of an impact it's made on others and like how much other people relate to it. And like, especially in the hiking community, I think there's like a stigmatism that like to be a hiker, you got to be like super, super thin and like super low percent body fat. And like, I'm trying to like break that stigmatism that like, hey, you don't need this 2% body fat to be a great hiker. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I was, uh, and that's why it went viral because it resonated with people from all different fitness levels and shapes and sizes because I feel like it resonated a lot too because it's like, yo, like, yeah, you can be fit and like chubby or overweight or not have a six pack. Like, I don't have a six pack Mm -hmm. and I'm hiking every weekend and also working out in between. Like, I always tell people, like, yo, I, I, uh, I work out to eat out you know, or hike or I hike to eat out. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I actually like got like a lot of like people, I actually got like a a lot of negative comments too. I mean, like obviously like brush those off, but like people saying like, oh, you must not be eating right. Or like, you must not be doing this and that. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, people are always like going to like, everyone's going to have haters at the end of the day. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it's true. Like, like people are always gonna have an opinion about what you're doing or say you're not eating right or this or that. And at the end of the day, you got, you have to love yourself and you have to think positively about yourself. I mean, it's always great to stay fit and try to eat healthy, but, um, at the end of the day, um, I'm restricting and doing like a lot of, um, dieting and stuff like that isn't worth it. And it, it's proven not to work. So, you know, yeah, I'm on always going to get this. train. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're always going to get the people, who are going to mention those kind of comments and you just have to stay focused and just brush that aside because there's whenever you especially release a big piece of content and it goes viral, almost every viral video, people have something ridiculous to say or just kind of want to bring it down or want to put in their two cents because they're an expert in this, expert in that, right? So true. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you have a bunch of reels from, you know, the one you just spoke about, like the fitness is not a six pack. The, how I discovered you, your how to use hiking pole reel, mm-hmm. you know, what's in your backpack, your top 10 hikes in Los Angeles and Orange County. Like you just have so many. And I want to ask you, like, how do you come up with ideas for your content? I know we have a lot of content creators as listeners on this show and also aspiring ones. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure they would love to know and myself as well. Yeah. So it's really funny because I'm not like a tech person. Like, I don't know like technology that well, like um, as in like, I like never really been a photographer, a videographer. So I've kind of just like, just this whole process has been like me learning how to do all this. And cause I have like a lot of ideas, but sometimes it's like, okay, like I, I need to learn how to like make it, you know, at the end of the day. And so it's like, um, most, to be honest, most of my ideas come in the shower. I'm usually showering and my ideas come <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be completely honest, but, um, whenever like 
I always just like random moments of the day. Like I just think of like my own, it's always stemmed from my personal experiences in hiking, how I make these videos or just like funny instances of like, like this for, I struggle with this on the trail. So I'm going to, I just make a video making fun of this or like, I've seen this and I'm gonna make a video on that. Or, um, just even like doing things that are helpful for people. And I've like, I even gotten a lot of people like more into hiking because of like, they were like, they got to see my videos and they got to learn, Hey, like what do I put in my backpack? So I know, so I feel a little more prepared when I go on my next hike or when I start hiking. And so it really has been like, I love making humorous stuff. I also love making things that help people. And I like making inspiring stuff. It's, it's been an interesting process, but I, I just really like putting my thinking cap on and, um, get going. Yeah. You're definitely a natural at making the content I noticed. And I think it's really dope how you really show like the humorous and also just fun side of the outdoors and hiking. Cause I feel like a lot of times people think like, Oh, hiking, like that doesn't sound like fun, but you present yeah. it in such an awesome way because at the end of the day, exploring and getting outside is probably one of the most important things and most beautiful things you can do in your life, in my opinion. Mm. Absolutely. And like, just, you know, like the creation in general, God's creation is just so vast and so incredible that it, I, I want to inspire other people to get out there and, and go see it because it really, it, it has, it has made my life so much more rich and I want it to impact others' lives the same ways it's impact mine. Yeah. And I think what's super inspirational about you is you're inspiring people who are around your age that are in college, that are in high school. And I feel like when you're in high school and college right now, there's a lot of issues with like mental health, depression, high anxiety. And I definitely believe that the mountains is an amazing tool to help with combating those different things, right? Because of the exercise, there's so much physical, mental, and spiritual benefits from being in the outdoors, exploring your local trails, or just bagging a big peak. Like it's, there's so many like proven scientific benefits from that. Oh, totally. And like, just like the raw, like, um, grit to get up a mountain teaches you so much. And, and just in life in general, like, I know this is like so stupid, but I'm like thinking like, just like doing like applications for new things or like homework assignment. I'm like, freaking, I just hiked up this mountain. I can do this homework assignment. So that's, yeah, yeah I know I exactly. Yep. <laughs> like I relate to so many different things in my life and like people wouldn't really see like hiking as like, I again experience that actually changes you, but it it really does, and I'm sure you can agree with this too. Like it it changes who you are, and like it it almost like um it um, molds you into like the person that you've like always wanted to be in a sense. Like um it it's made me work harder. It's made me like see more appreciative of life and the things around me, more appreciative of community, and yeah, I think that definitely like kids my kids my age, obviously. I, the people my age, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids, like the kids next door now, it's like me, but people my age, like, I think that, I mean, often like college is overwhelming, getting a job's overwhelming, just the whole career thing. And I think that sometimes like they don't let, um, people don't really see, like take time to see what's around them and like really explore. But honestly, this is the time to do it. Cause you don't really have as many responsibilities as you will when you have a job. What a great perspective. I never thought about college students using uh, uh, mountains for, putting things in perspective with the whole like applications and job you know, trying to find a job out of college and all of that. Very interesting. From all your adventuring in the outdoors, 
I got to ask you, like, I feel that just even from your energy and persona on social media, I was like, yo, this girl definitely has some hilarious experiences or crazy stories she's encountered on the trails. I would love for you to share like a story or two with us. Oh, I have some stories for sure. Please Um, tell us. (laughs) So first off, I'll share something that happened to me in Colorado this past summer. Um, First off, side note. If there's a shortcut on a trail, never take it. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. There's never a shortcut on a trail. It's always ends up being way worse. So let me tell you this story to preference this. So basically, we were doing a trail in San Juan, Colorado called Quartz Lake. And we were doing it in June. So there's still like a lot of snow left um, at that time of year. And um, I was kind of like trekking on like the side of a mountain, but it was like very snowy. So we were having to make our own trail almost. So we were having to make tracks in the snow. And, but the problem was, is that there was probably like, like a thousand foot drop, like going down the mountain on the side of us, which was very sketchy. Um, probably at that moment, probably shouldn't turn back. Didn't, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, so we kept going and we we're making like a trail on the side of the mountain. And, um, there was like one point I hit, um, and I put my boot in the snow to like, make sure that like I was getting good grip on it, but there's a piece of ice there. And so my foot slipped down the mountain. And I started like falling down this like huge slope of snow, which I, if I would have slid all the way to the bottom, there was rocks. There was, uh, I wouldn't have been able to get back up to the trail, but basically what I ended up doing is I saw like a rock, like two rocks. And so I jabbed my trekking pole. I call it my lucky trekking pole. Now I jabbed my (laughs) trekking pole in between these two rocks and I was single-handedly hanging by my trekking pole, um, jabbed in between these two rocks and it saved my life. And then my friends really helped me pull me up. But it, it was quite crazy. Um, and I oh obviously, God. I only hike with that. Tra- I only hike with one trekking pole also, bottom line, because that trekking pole saved my life. That's the only one I hike with because I feel like it's just going to, it's going to help me out no matter what. It sounds like you used it like an ice axe, <laughs> like you were mountaineering. <laughs> <laughs> I literally did straight up. And it was, it was, it was crazy. And then also that, that hike was a little rough and then it obviously ended up getting worse because I tried to take a shortcut and then I ended up having to like climb up these rocks that were super steep, which was a really bad mood. I should just keep kept going on the snow part. So that's mm-hmm. what happened, but we made it out alive. We're good. But that was definitely one of the, one of the scariest moments looking back. It's funny, but definitely scary. Wow. I'm glad you're okay. And yes, you bring up such an important point. If you think there's a shortcut or it looks like a shortcut, you probably shouldn't take it because I had the same Facts. experience this past weekend. I was like, oh my goodness, there's this, oh, there's this trail that goes straight through the mountain. Like we'll cut off like an hour. Like I should have known better, like from all my hikes. And of course it was the most ridiculous ridgeline route. Like I'm like surfing the loose screen, the big bouldering and rocks on the side of a mountain. And I'm just shaking my head saying like, why did you do this? Like, you know better, Justin. <laughs> like, come on. Totally. Like, the shortcut is always the most dangerous route. No, absolutely. I, I And it's so funny. Like, I tell myself this, and then I always find myself on a shortcut. And I'm like, Conley, what are you doing? Don't take the shortcut. It's really frustrating. But yeah, that is, that's a good, uh, that's a good rule of thumb right there. Yeah. So if you're on all trails and you see a route that's not highlighted in red, it's probably for a specific reason, because that was the mistake <laughs> That I made, even though I should have uh, not decided to take that route with my friend. <laughs> it no, was just totally. so ridiculous. Actually, that just happened to me um, a couple weeks ago when I was in Santa Barbara hiking. Uh, first off, there's a gnarly, gnarly trail in Santa Barbara. It's called Three Peaks Loop. 
And there's like the three highest peaks in Santa Barbara and it goes to each peak. It, it was a very, very hard trail. But of course I tried to like go up the first mountain when in like a shortcut and I ended up adding like four miles to the trail. So it was like, ended up being like 18 miles because I tried to do the shortcut and then I wasn't able to keep going. I had to backtrack all the way around. And so, yeah, oh that's goodness. why I don't take shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. You learned your lesson a few times, right? Definitely. Yeah. Can you share one more story with us? Whether yeah. it's a crazy intense one or maybe more like hilarious and lighthearted. Definitely. Um, I'd say I have a couple more actually, but um, the Trans Catalina, when I was doing that one, because I was like, I hadn't really done any backpacking before. I was so unprepared. Um, I would literally went with tennis shoes, like not even trail runners, tennis shoes. And I packed a thousand <laughs> calories. I, I packed 2000 calories per day. So every single time, and the trans is super steep. So I would literally like get my very flat tennis shoes and like side slide down the mountain, like literally just sliding down because I had no grip. So that was quite funny. Actually, some funny videos of that. Uh, but yeah, there's some, there's some really, really funny instances. All, always my all-nighter excursions are always hilarious because <laughs> by the time I'm like, I've hiked, I've because what happens is I just stay up till 12 o'clock at night. We usually leave at like one o'clock in the morning and then we'll like do the whole hike and then just drive back and get back like five o'clock the next evening. And it's like, usually on the wheel, I'm like, like falling asleep and like having to wake myself up. And like, I'd like turn up the music, roll down the windows. Cause I'm always just like so dead after. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know how, yeah. When you start getting into your hiking journey, like a year or two in, you don't get much sleep at all. And what happens a lot of times is you pull an all-nighter or you only have like one to two hours of sleep. And people are like, yo, how did you do that? Like, how did you hike 15 miles on no sleep or barely any sleep? And I really think it's because we really enjoy ourselves out there. You know, like we get energy from the mountain and nature and we feel alive, you know? Mm, definitely. Um, I'd say another one is... <laughs> I started a trail. This is in Colorado again. I started, we started the trail and I was like, man, this is like, this is like probably one of the hardest trails I've done. Like I wish like, I didn't, I think we didn't, we didn't exactly go through all the reviews and the first week. So then on the trail, we go on all trails and we like look at the reviews, like to see if like we missed something. And the first review written was like, the description was this hike was the equivalent of riding my scooter through a meat grinder. (laughs) <laughs> that, was, that was literally the description i'm like i literally died on the trail i'm like that, that makes so much more sense now like i this i under, i understand oh my face hurts that was a good one <laughs> no <laughs> so funny through a meat grinder what a hell yeah there's some funny reviews on there they're so definitely. funny <laughs> they're hilarious so i saw you went to hawaii recently or um one of the islands, right? Mm, yeah. And I wanted to bring it up on the podcast because I just get so excited when I see people adventuring and hiking in Hawaii. And I just want to touch upon it briefly. Like, where did you go exactly in Hawaii? And like, how was your, like, what, like, how was the vibe out there? Yeah. For you? So I went to the big island, um, which is the island of Hawaii. And I loved it. I've, that's actually the, that's the last island that I had to go to. So I've been to all the other islands and just exploring the island was amazing. And like, it's so funny because you see Hawaii as like beach central and like white sand beaches, palm trees, but like, you don't realize like, wait, there's like amazing mountains in Hawaii that it's like, it's almost like hiking central over there. It's incredible. 
Uh, we went and we did amazing hikes in Kona. Uh, we did one that was literally, we went up the side of like a crater and, and we yes. got to like, yeah, it was incredible. So like the crater was covered in like beautiful green grass and there was like cattle roaming. Obviously it was a very like tough grinding hike, but it was just amazing just to get to the top and then like see all the mountains in Hawaii. There's like the tropicalness of it, but like also the mountain-esque part of Hawaii. Also, good Lord, I sweat so much on Hawaii hikes because <laughs> it is so humid. Like I was dying, but I mean, amazing. Um, also, we did some hikes in Hilo, which was amazing. That's more of like definitely more of the tropical side of the island. And, um, and we did some really cool ones over there. Not, 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 there's not as many long ones in Hilo's and Kona, but we did a lot, of, a couple of really good small ones that led. We went to one that went to Secret Beach. We went, we did one that was like through a tropical forest. Just great, a great place to hike in general. Yeah, Hawaii is literally an outdoor paradise, and is like some of the most adventurous hiking you can do as a trekker or a hiker, right? For it's sure. Just, I've been to Maui, I've been to Oahu, and I've done a handful of hikes out there. Mm. And I'm always just absolutely blown away, blown away by the beauty and how lush it is out there. And like hiking out there is serious. Like it's muddy. It's there's waterfalls. It's mm-hmm. like the jungle book lifestyle. Like you <laughs> you're hanging from tree roots. You're you're taking like a rope and like swinging across like a waterfall. <laughs> like it's pretty intense sometimes. Totally. Like it's wild. No, for sure. And like literally, there's actually my favorite island in the Hawaiian Islands is Kauai. And that and that really is a hiking paradise as well. Like I I hiked um the Nepali coast and just some wow. amazing waterfalls. And um I mean it's also like just I mean some of the mountains you up are incredible too. Just like to see like the view. It almost doesn't even look real. It's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like there's actually one waterfall I did encounter where I literally got to swing into it on a rope, which was awesome. Oh, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, bri- I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kauai because that's uh, – I feel a lot of people considered, and I believe you mentioned this also, that Kauai is like still like the uncharted territory of Hawaii. Like if you want that really insanely epic, like isolated adventure, you go to Kauai. Obviously, you can get that all over Hawaii, but Kauai is a special kind of place, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, like it's called the Garden Island for a reason. Um definitely the more just because i've been to all the islands now like definitely my favorite island but the more um nature definitely more nature more hiking more outdoors activities in in Kauai. it's a much it's, it's actually one of the smaller islands and um it's it does not really known as much for like outdoor life or i mean um like just like their nightlife or stuff like that so but mm-hmm. it definitely ha- en- encompasses all the outdoor activities for sure yeah, I haven't made it out there, but um, I'll get my way out there soon enough. We'll see. Definitely. I like that. Uh, so jumping out of Hawaii, um, I wanted to ask you, I saw that you've worked with some brands, actually, and I thought that was super rad. Um, and you work with uh, this one brand called Decathlon or Decathlon. Mm-hmm. How did you become sponsored by them? And like, what exactly are they? They look like an apparel brand of some sorts. Yeah. So Decathlon is, it's actually a really big sportswear slash outdoor wear slash hiking brand that originated in Europe. Um, but they've kind of like um, ch- taken the company to America too. And so they have like, they have a store in San Francisco and it's like com- come more popular in, in America. And um, so the guy who actually did was a big part of the company was named Lucas Harris. And he found me because he was like looking up 
um, I think like a relative. And so he typed in the name Harris and found Harris Hikers. And so <laughs> I'm like, love that. Um, so he found me and then thought I'd be like great to support their brand and like be like a brand sponsor slash stuff like that. And so he reached out to me and I got to work with him. And yeah, no, I, I really, and I really like decathlons gear. I know a lot of people like think that like, oh, if you're sponsored, like you just have to like, I talk about them because like you're like you're getting stuff from them, but that's like not the case at all. Like the decathlon stuff that they get me is like genuine that they give me is genuinely nice. Like I like their down jacket is probably one of the best things that I take on my hikes. Like I'm obsessed with it. It fits me perfectly and it's incredible. But yeah, it's kind of how the whole thing happened with decathlon. Really awesome story. Yeah, it looks like they have literally all kinds of gear, like yeah, sports, outdoors, mm-hmm. hiking. And I like you brought up uh, the down jacket. That's such a crucial thing to bring on any hike, regardless of what the forecast says or the weather, right? That down jacket might save your life. No, totally. And I've, yeah, bringing just any, like, I'd say especially especially a down jacket because it's a little bit lighter weight and it's easily packed in your backpack. For sure, essential to pack on any hike because if a, a storm comes in or something happens, it's always good at just keeping your bag just in case. Yeah, there's a... For all you new hikers out there, if you're doing a big mountain or a big day hike, always pack it because there'll be you'll have instances in the future where that forecast is going to be completely different than what it says. Totally, because well, weather systems in the mountains can change on a dime. I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get at and say. Yeah, definitely that that's for sure. Um, especially at the peak when you get to any peak. The, yes. they're always the weather app or like whatever weather thing you're using it always take the weather like kind of like at the bottom of the mountain but they never refer to the weather at the top or the peak so bringing a jacket's essential yeah actually i'm gonna bring this up real quick you do you use mountain forecast i do yes so you bring up a good point i want to mention right now so when you look up the weather of a particular peak or mountain you got to look at the different elevations mm-hmm. to see like oh is it raining how cold is it going to be that's how you can really gauge properly like what to bring and what to expect on a big day hike mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't even realize that on mountain forecast it's based on the different elevations of that particular mountain totally yeah i love so that app. A, very helpful yeah because you, you can't use the weather app you use the weather app you're probably screwed if you're doing like a serious hike <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean sure for sure no yeah but i mean i figure that people that are just getting into hiking are probably gonna just gonna use the weather app this is your sign True, not yeah. to use the weather app. This is your sign to use the, what is it, the mountain weather app? Yeah, m- uh, mountain forecast. Mountain forecast. Most definitely. Um, and then I also saw that you work with another brand as well. I believe it's called Atomic Bear. Like, can you talk about that uh, that partnership that you have with them as well? And like, what exactly is Atomic Bear? Yeah, this is actually very recent, but um, I'm really, really into promoting hiking safety, backpacking safety, and just ways to bring self-defense or in ways to protect protect yourself um, on a hike. And like, this is also partly because like, I'm a woman, like, I mean, like also for men too, it's important, but like a woman on a trail, like you have to be so careful and like, cause you never know what's out there. You never know who's out there. And so I'm just always supporting other women and other hikers just to be safe on the trail and pack what they need to pack. And so like Atomic Bear is like, a survival kit company. They sell like a lot of survival tools and a lot of self-defense items. And so I really, really, really love working with them because they, they give me a lot of things that I need of the trail. And I, I love just promoting the things that they have because I think that they're essential items that are great just to have in your backpack just in case of emergencies or just to keep for self-defense. 
Yeah, I think you have an Instagram reel, right? You were breaking down the uses of the the bracelet, right? There's yeah. so many different usages oh, yeah. of it. Totally. I actually have like, there's like a whole, I have like a lot of different items in this within a certain survival kit that like, I mean, I plan on making reels on in the future, but like the, just the uses of each, there's so many uses in each tool that are complex. And it's like, I like want to break it down for the people so they know what they're buying. But yeah, it, it's really, really so helpful just to have on the trail. Yeah, those items, you you really don't know when you're actually going to need it. And I like how you broke it down because I actually, I don't know if it's that brand, but I have something similar, but I don't know what it what it's really used for. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. So those videos mm-hmm. definitely help. I'm glad. Cool. Shout outs to Decathlon and Atomic Bear for partnering with you. Definitely. I'm Shout sure, out to uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. I'll definitely check out more of their gear and uh, clothing as well. I like that. Uh, when I was researching more of your Instagram page, I saw that you were also tackling the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks Challenge. Mm-hmm. And I got excited when I saw that. And for the people not familiar with the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks, it's this really epic challenge that originated in Southern California by this guy named Jeff Hester. And basically what the challenge is, you conquer um, Southern California's tallest peaks. And so you choose like six peaks. I believe there's like 18 total. There's a lot of alternatives you can do. Mm -hmm. And you choose six peaks and you register. And it's the most like epic and beautiful way to like explore your local mountains. And I'm curious to know, like, which ones did you do that were part of the six pack of peaks challenge? And were you able to complete it? Yeah. So I was, it was so frustrating. I was actually able to do five of of like five of like the six in the range and then the sixth one I was trying to do which was San Gorgonio which you've done before um oh, it man. was it was at the time <laughs> of like that crazy wildfire that was happening and I literally woke up at three in the morning to go drive and go do it and it was completely shut off couldn't go hike it so devastating because I, I just I mean I still haven't done it like I because it's been closed for so long but definitely one that I'm really, really wanting to do. And I'm, I'm sad that I can complete it. But, I, you know, once it opens, I'm, I'm ready to tackle it again. But um, I think I, I'm, I'm reminding me if I'm missing anyone. But I think I did. I did Cucamonga. I did uh, Baldy. I did um, Wilson. And then I'm missing two other ones. I don't know. But I did five of them and missed one sure. for the sixth. Yeah, maybe uh, Strawberry Peak or Siton Peak. I didn't. Yeah, Siton was the other one. Sits on, yeah, yeah. I've uh, been wanting to do that. Yeah, yeah. All those peaks you uh, you just named, like Cucamonga, is such a beautiful mm. summit, and then Mount Baldy, like you mentioned before, is a lot of uh, Southern California hikers' like favorite hike because there's mm. so many ways to do it. And what you mentioned in the beginning about uh, I feel your pain when you got up to that trailhead for San Gorgonio, like that's just yeah. that just sucks. You know what yeah. I mean? No, totally. And the other one was San Jacinto. Which was a little bit of a fail, too. We were struggling. It's okay, though. Oh, was that the one that you attempted on your birthday and you did the Marion? Yeah, yeah, yes. That was that was the other one that we had a, where we fell a mile short. I have to say that specific route, uh, San Jacinto via Marion Mountain, that might be my new favorite uh, and most gorgeous trail I've ever done as part of the Six Pack of Peaks Challenge. Totally. Would you agree? Oh, my gosh. It was stunning. I mean, just like the, even like just the drive up there and then starting in like that forest and then emerging up is gorgeous. I mean, and especially because like when I did it, like there was like a, there was a good amount of snow too. So just like mm-hmm. seeing like the the snow covered, I mean the tree co- trees covered in snow 
and just all of that was gorgeous. I'm sad I can't make it to the top. I couldn't make it to the top. I'm planning, planning on doing it again in April. You will. You will definitely make it to the sum of Asana Sinto and San Gorgonio. And I'm excited for you to check back in with us once you do those peaks. Absolutely. I'm 100% in for that. I mean, I know you're a hardcore day hiker, but man, San Gorgonio is a beast. Like, uh, there's this one section, it's the last two miles. It just feels like a death march. <laughs> it's just like, there's, <laughs> there's no shade at all. And it's not even that it's super steep. It's just, it's just never ending. And you're mm. just at very high elevation. So you're like, you feel like you're walking through like a never ending desert at high elevation. You're just like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I here? Like, yeah, I'm sure you'll, <laughs> I'm sure you'll report back to us and have some oh, kind of uh, Sangorgonia. You know the nickname of it, right? No, I don't. What is it? It's called a uh, old grayback. I'm not because I guess it's just super okay. gray at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Actually, the, when you said death march, I totally relate to that. Half the time when I'm like when I when I'm hiking, that that last mile is just a grind, and I'm literally <laughs> like just like each step just taking it all out of me. I know what you mean by death march. For sure. Yeah, it's a it's a very cathartic experience at the same time. But um, I always love describing things as sufferfest and death march. You know, <laughs> just like, sufferfest just makes it more fun. <laughs> that's yeah, really that's, funny. I like that. Su- sufferfest is definitely Iron Mountain. Definitely parts of San Gorgonio. Um, have you heard of Cactus the Clouds? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> that, saw that was. One. <laughs> I saw that one on all trails and I was like, I saw someone do it and I was like, I mean, I obviously want to do that soon, but I was like, that trail looks like literal hell. I have to say that was my ultimate suffer fest. That was my toughest trekking challenge to date. I did it um, the end of last year, I believe like November and it's, mm. it's 24 miles and it's 10,000 feet plus elevation gain. Like I know. for people- like it's con- it's actually considered one of the hardest day hikes in the world and it has the singest it has the single highest elevation gain in the entire United States. I believe it. I I absolutely believe it. I did you do it in a in 2 days or a day? Don't did it as it. a day hike. A you day did it hike, as a yeah. day. You did 10,000 feet as a day hike. And, and check this out. So Oh my it god. It was even more complicated the logistics because typically you have to well you have to take a tram coming down, right? Yeah. The last tram coming down because of COVID and restricted hours was 6 p.m. as opposed to 9 p.m. So we oh. had to factor that in. Yeah. My so, so, gosh. Yeah, exactly. The most of Guess ever- what time we started at the trailhead? Guess what you time we started at the trailhead? 2 a.m.? 2 a.m.? Earlier. You, you went at 12 at night. <laughs> Earlier. Wait, you started at like 8 o'clock at night? <laughs> Kinda. 10.30 p.m., Conley. 10.30 oh, p.m. my. I have to do it. That sounds I mean, that sounds so painful, but incredible at the same time. Yeah, you That's, know how you were always talking about all those all-night all night hikes? Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> that was that for me. I was like, I didn't get any... The only sleep I got that day was from earlier that morning. <laughs> it's just like... That's literally insane. Oh, my gosh. That's that's incredible. I mean, like the most elevation gain I've done in a day is like seven seventy two hundred, but ten and I was like dead. Ten thousand. Wow, I that is crazy. 
Yeah, you have to be a little crazy and cuckoo in the head for sure. But um, I, I'm, I know you can do it because you, you've been describing a lot of like 18, 20 mile hikes. And if you've done 7,200, you can definitely push for the peak and hit that 10,000. Because at yeah. that point, you know, you're just kind of like laser focused and just like one foot in front of the other and your body's like used to the strenuousness of the hike. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely doing it now. I hope you know. I'm for oh. sure going to go conquer it. It's so, you know what? You should do it. Like, forget about like Marion Mountain to San Jacinto, just because that's where it leads. It goes from the yeah. bottom of Palm Springs to the top of San Jacinto if yeah. you want to make it extra epic and memorable and have like pure a vengeance on that hike. That's wow. That's crazy. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start at 10 at night. Got it. Check. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit too early. I would say maybe like midnight or one. Like, okay. that was. It was because of the restricted hours of the tram because it, what's crazy about the hike is, so if you miss the tram going down, you know how it's called Cactus to Clouds? Mm -hmm. it, it's called, if you miss the tram, it's called C to C to C. So Cactus to Clouds to Cactus, and it's a 30 mile hike and your life is just over. You'll be complete misery or you're going to injure yourself or pass out on the mountain. Yeah. If you're, if you have to, if you miss that tram, yeah, you're you're literally you're literally passing out. You're you're something bad's happening because I to hike all that way up and then miss the tram, you'd have to hike back down to be too cold at night. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. And just think, like descending ten thousand feet elevation gain on your knees and legs is that just sounds like a recipe for Disaster. going to the hospital. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome, though. I love that. Congrats on that. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much. It was, uh, I definitely almost gave up several times. Um, I won't get into it right now because it's its own <laughs> story, yes, right? Yes, yeah. But uh, for anyone who's really curious about that hike, since we keep talking about it right now, you have to train for this hike. You have to do like the six pack of peaks challenge. This one's very serious. There's like rescue boxes <laughs> all over the trail. It's 24 miles. So if it, if this conversation piques anyone anyone's interest, you have to take it extremely seriously. Mm, so I just wanted to definitely. put that out there. Absolutely. Um, so right now, I want to get a little bit more introspective uh, because I feel the outdoors and mountains are just a powerful place, right? Mm. What have you learned about yourself summiting these major peaks and just exploring all these mountains and trails? Um. That's that's a really great question. I have learned that hike, even though hiking is a um, is can be a strenuous activity, it is something that like causes me to slow down from life. I think just with my schedule, I'm busy, busy, busy. I'm going from thing to thing to thing, and like hiking just kind of gives me like a moment to like sit in silence or walk in silence and reflect on my own thoughts, pray um, talk to the Lord and, and just like, kind of like decipher like what I'm feeling. Cause sometimes like so often we're so busy that we don't even like, like we don't even know what we're feeling or thinking. And I think that it's helped me learn more about like my thoughts, my emotions and slowing down from life in general. And it is a good break from life to be on the mountains. It's really that deep conversation with yourself. And I could only imagine how powerful it is for you because you're a college student, like life is moving at a very rapid pace mm -hmm. and whatnot, right? And being on these peaks and trails, it's that time for you to really, you know, like either escape, which is fine. Mm -hmm. We use the outdoors to escape like our stressful lives, but it's also, I feel like a really powerful place to confront your thoughts about who you are as a person and like what you may be currently going through, whether 
you have anxiety or depression or trauma about anything. Totally. I feel like it's such a powerful thing to do when you want to have a deep and honest conversation with yourself, right? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Just like learning a lot about yourself and like, um, like when, just when you're in nature, just like the serenity of it too is just incredible. It's just, it's good uh, mental health and like self care and all of the above. It's just great for you. Yeah. It's such a powerful tool for mental health. I feel, um, a lot of us, including myself, you know, we use these uh, these mountains, whether it's big day hikes or just exploring a national park. Is mm-hmm. there's something out there that it just gives back to us because it like it, it heals us. It really is medicine for a lot of us. I would say absolutely. Yep, I agree with that. And another thing I also wanted to get into you with and get your thoughts on are I always love describing hiking. Uh, as the new form of travel, right? Mm-hmm. Especially during this pandemic, because you know people have not been allowed, or as of like the past year, haven't you know they're scared to go to another city mm-hmm. or to go to another country because you know one you probably can't do it, mm-hmm. or just the anxiety and feelings about everything that's going on in the great unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. And I love telling people now. I'm like, yo, like. Hiking is the new form of traveling. And the only difference is you're exercising to get to your destination, but you're enjoying the views along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like from like you, you know, on your Instagram page and TikTok, making videos or just making posts, I feel like we're starting to show people that, yeah, like just going down the street, whether 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, like you can have that same feeling of adventure and traveling just hike, just explore. Like what are your thoughts on how hiking is the new form of travel? Definitely. Especially with like COVID and everything, like with how much our travel has been limited and the places we can go are so limited. Like diving into hiking is really important because like, I mean, like I said this earlier, just like having everything you need on your back and like being reliant, like on your body to like get you somewhere is like empowering in and of itself. Like it's incredible. And like, like so many times when we like go in a car or like we're like just like passing by something, we don't really like really get to look at it, like really, really get to look at something. But when you're hiking, it's almost like you're exploring a whole new territory. You're really dissecting like nature and just like a new, like a new land, like a new sort of land in general. And like, it, it really is a form of travel. And like, honestly, like it is like for some people, like travel is vacation for them. But for me, it's also like, vacation travel is hiking and like it's like it's like a getaway but you're also traveling by foot and like there's something so so amazing about traveling on foot and doing it like with your body and it's 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 really amazing it's amazing that we even have the bodies to do it and we have the health to do that too i love what you just said right now about how you you travel to hike like i think that's so awesome because that's what i'm beginning to do now it's like I'm not just traveling to Hawaii to enjoy nightlife or just the beach. I'm traveling there because there is like an unlimited amount of epic Mm -hmm. trails with waterfalls and um, beautiful vistas and volcanic craters. Like, Mm. like I feel that's what's become more um, people are getting into it more, right? Like Mm -hmm. nature based travel, like exploring national parks, road trips, places where it's easier to isolate and feel more comfortable. Right. Mm. So no, it's yeah, really awesome. definitely. And I also think social media has played a big role in this too. Just like 
with people kind of like showing like these really grand places that they've been, it's kind of like other people are like, wow, like I want to experience that and I want to see that. And so I think that's also created a push for hiking and like that kind of travel too. Yeah. I think the past year, the national parks specifically, mm-hmm. they've had like record numbers yeah, I believe of it. visitors. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it's a bit much too though, right? Because those, uh, those like really famous hikes within each national park. Now it feels like you're at an amusement park sometimes, right? Where you're waiting in line. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. And also it's like, sometimes that can be frustrating too. Cause like all of a sudden you, you're going people that are not really like, tr- like experienced in hiking or trying to like conquer these like popular name brand trails that are actually really challenging and that's how there's been like a lot of deaths too and a lot of injuries and a lot of bad things happening on the trails recently because of that that's a good point yeah people are like oh i'm gonna do half dome or like that really sketchy rock scrambling trail because everybody does it right or whatever what are some other iconic ones i mean there's a bunch yeah there's so many Um, there's so many different ones the jmt oh yeah through hiking jmt pct definitely for sure all right. Guess what? Hmm. It is time for the rapid fire question section. Wow. All right. Is there a way to win this? Is this like a competition? Can I win? <laughs> Can you win? Is there a way to win? You 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 win the heart of the listeners wow. with your answers. Okay. Good. I love that. <laughs> so the way it works, there's two uh, there's two rounds. Round one is outdoor focused. Okay. And then round two is more personal. And so you just answer with one word answers or very concise answers. Okay. Cool. I'm ready. You, you ready? Let's do this thing. <laughs> you ready, Rocksteady? Yes. All right, let's go. Favorite trail snack? Trader Joe's Talkies. Hike in the mountains or sunbathe on the beach? Mountains. Trail runners or hiking boots? Hiking boots. Desert or deserted island? Deserted island. Waterfalls or lakes? Waterfalls. Favorite camping meal? Lasagna. Dawn or dusk? Dawn. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. That's the same thing. (laughs) That's like the same question. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing here? Taco Tuesday or Waterfall Wednesday? Waterfall Wednesday. Santa Monica Mountains or San Gabriel Mountains? San Gabriel Mountains. San Gabriel Mountains or Eastern Sierras? Eastern Sierras. SoCal hiking or Hawaii hiking? Hawaii hiking. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) We, We love SoCal, but you guys just have to understand, like, Hawaii is just unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like people probably think I work for like the Hawaiian Tourism Board with how much I talk about Hawaii <laughs> like, on like this it, podcast. I feel like you're kind of a traitor. Like I just said that, but I don't know. <laughs> no, when people actually go out there, if they're familiar with Hawaii hiking, they'll understand. They'll yeah, get it. absolutely. All right. Music artist you want to hike with? The Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Greatest fear on the trail? Mountain lions. Favorite piece of outdoor gear you own? My lucky trekking pole. National park you want to visit the most that you have not already? Grand Tetons. In one word, how does hiking make you feel?
Um, at peace. That's two words, but at peace. <laughs> peace for the record. Yes. What's your ideal outside temperature? 72. The same percent awesome. like my dark chocolate, 72% dark chocolate, 72 degrees. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. That concludes round one. We'll take like a 10 second break. This is where I always get my, uh, I drink some water. So give me a moment. Okay. And this is where I always say I need a water sponsor for this particular section. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Arrowhead, where are you at? Arrowhead. Yeah, that's like, there's so many water brands now. It's kind of insane. Have you heard of that one brand, a Liquid Death? No. Yeah, it's it's wild. There's a, If you go in your local 7-Eleven or convenience store, there's literally a can of, a canned water bottle that's called Liquid Death. And it looks like a beer can, but it's like, the most brilliant display of like shock marketing. Wow. What the heck? I've never even heard of that. Yeah. I just plug them. I hope they sponsor yeah. me at some point. Yeah. Liquid death. Where you at? Come sponsor. <laughs> where, where you at? Sponsor us. We're about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round two. You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? Rock steady. Yes. All right. Let's go. Favorite comfort food. I'm vegetarian. Eggplant Parmesan. Favorite cartoon show growing up? Phineas and Ferb. Favorite emoji? I like the star eyes emoji. Favorite holiday? Christmas. What's your hidden talent? Pop um, Improvised comedy. Oh, nice. We might have to bring you back just for that. Favorite music artist right now, or who are you listening to the most? Mm, Hannah Montana. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) App you are currently using the most besides Instagram? All Trails. Great answer. (laughs) (laughs) If you could be any animal, what would it be? Um, A dolphin. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? It could be like an era. Mm. Say now. I think now is the best era. What an in-depth and profound answer. (laughs) (laughs) Living in the now. You don't even need to travel back. You are living your best life. That is the most college answer I've ever said in my life. (laughs) It's okay. You're a college student, so. There it is. Cuddle with a baby panda or a baby penguin? <gasps> panda. Describe yourself in three words. I'd say resilient, competitive, and joyful. That's great. And here is the final question. Okay. Favorite sound? Um, When my boots are... Going on gravel, like the sound of my boots um, walking on gravel. What a great answer. The crunchy sound mm-hmm. of hit, hitting the dirt, right? Yeah. What a hiker answer and how appropriate <laughs> for this podcast. Definitely. Well, that concludes the rapid fire question section, and we're pretty much at the end of the episode. But before I conclude it, I always turn the spotlight back to the guest. 
Uh, do you have any final words or thoughts that you want to share with the audience? You know, it could be about anything. It could be about the outdoors, what we're currently going through, uh, whatever you want your final thought to be. Yeah. So I'd say if you are wanting to get into hiking, go after it. And there's, there's literally nothing stopping you from, from going after like what you want to do and don't let it be like an empty dream. Um, kind of like go chase after it. And it, I'm here to tell you that it is worthwhile and hiking has added so much to my life and it's been a real gift to me. And I think that it can be a gift to you too. So if you're wanting to get out there and get in the outdoors, go after it and, um, follow me on Harris hikers on Instagram, on TikTok and Facebook and Twitter. Um, but yeah, they, I'm just so glad to be on this podcast and thank you, Justin. Yeah. You hear what she said? Don't live an empty dream. Go on out there, live it up, go and hike. If you always wanted to check out that local mountain or national park, I love everything you just said. And like, what a powerful final thought to leave with the audience. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We got Harris hikers, AKA Conley Harris, Just Trek podcast. Elevation is our recreation and we're out. Peace. Thank you, gracias and salamat for tuning in to the entire episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are streaming on all the major platforms. If you want to send me a message, email justtrekofficial at gmail.com or slide in my DMs on Instagram at just.trek or on my personal at justrock, J-U-S-T-R-O-C. If you would like to support my creative endeavors, check out the merch store on justtrek.net slash shop. For more outdoor inspiration, make sure to check out our website. We have blogs, vlogs, and trip reports. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a wonderful day. And please remember to just keep on trekking.